Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Kingston Curator here on 101.9 FM CFRC. My name is Lauren Tucker, and I'm very happy to be your host, bringing you arts headlines, interviews, and our live music calendar all throughout the summer. This week, we have a music special for you on the docket. We'll be featuring interviews from Howl Island, Rock and the Rock performers, and local folk super duo Chris N.D., Queens alum and Canadian recording artist Arez Zobari, fresh off the release of her new EP, Healthy Habits, and local funk band in residence at the Kingston Grand from the 25th to the 28th, Nice On. We'll have all of those inside scoops plus your live music calendar coming up this hour on the Kingston Curator, but first, here are your arts headlines for the week. More choral programming is hitting the Isabel Bader Center this week as Kingston is treated to the continuation of the Pro Musica Festival. Friday, July 21st at 7.30 p.m., you can catch an amazing collaborative show between Albany Pro Musica and Camerata Choral de Puerto Rico entitled I Dream a World. This concert is part of the Pro Musica International Choral Festival, bringing together talented young singers from across the U.S. and Canada to conduct vocal clinics, rehearsals, seminars, and shows like these. Doors are at 7 p.m. and general admission for this show is $25 and only $10 to access the live stream. And moving into the weekend, the Pro Musica International Choral Festival finale is on Saturday the 22nd at 7.30 p.m. These talented high school singers will be joining forces with professional visiting choruses Albany Pro Musica, the Camerata Choral de Puerto Rico, and the Kingston Chamber Choir for this performance. The concert will culminate in the world premiere of a work by festival guest composer and conductor Dr. Rollo Dilworth. Doors are at 7 p.m., general admission for this show is $25, and it's only $10 to access the live stream. And with more in Isabel News, applications to the 2023-2024 Imagine Arts Incubator program are open now until August 20th. This artist residency supports creation-based filming, recording, or streaming initiatives for original works. It seeks socially engaged art projects tackling the issues of our time. To get tickets to any of the shows mentioned or to learn more and apply for this program, you can find it all at queensu.ca slash theisabel. Having opened on July 18th, Stephen Sondheim's company The Musical will be presented by Inspire Productions in collaboration with Blackwood Productions. This sophisticated, wittily humorous musical poses sharp insights into the intricacies of relationships, the dilemmas of vulnerability, and the essence of being alive. Company will be running at Spire from July 18th to 22nd, 2023 at 7.30pm, with an additional matinee on July 22nd at 2.30pm. Tickets are only $25 plus tax and are available at the door or at companybyinspired.eventbrite.ca. And at Kingston's Independent Cinema, the screening room, you can visit every Thursday evening and Friday night through to August 3rd for the B-Side Cinema series, bringing you five underrated gems from Hollywood auteurs David Fincher, Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg, Sofia Coppola, and David Lynch, hosted by Dan Simpson, PhD student and creator of Eyebrow Cinema on YouTube. Tonight, you can catch Christopher Nolan's thriller Insomnia, starring Al Pacino and Robin Williams. That's Thursday night at 5.30 p.m. Come back tomorrow night, Friday at 9.30 p.m. for Sofia Coppola's period drama Marie Antoinette, starring Kirsten Dunst. Also this weekend at the Screening Room, you can catch 2001's Cowboy Bebop the movie, running July 22nd, 23rd, and 27th. For a full list of this month's B-Side movies, special events, and current shows, and for tickets, you can visit ScreeningRoomKingston.com. 
Also in cinema news, head down to Market Square tonight for a showing of Ghostbusters Afterlife featuring a special event with Kingston's Haunted Walk Tours. Bring your blankets, chairs, and bug spray for a movie night under the stars and play some two truths and a lie about Kingston's haunted history with the Haunted Walk guides, and you can enter for a chance to win one of five Haunted Walk prize packages. The movie starts at dusk, and you can visit downtownkingston.ca for the whole summer lineup of movies in the square. And don't forget every Sunday that you can stop by that very market square for the Cataraqui Indigenous Art and Food Market, featuring a variety of vendors, each with their own unique touch. For handcrafted items, visual art, clothing, jewelry, home decor, and traditional Indigenous dishes from Cadu's First Foods, you can stop by Sundays from 10 to 3 p.m. through to September 24th. And last but certainly not least, the City of Kingston has launched three new self-guided audio walking tours entitled Creative Kingston. The tour options including the Downtown Tour, the West or Queens Area Tour, and the Extended Tour. Tours range from about 60 minutes to two and a half hours in length and feature the history of film, music, literature, and more in the city. These narrative tours are free to access and available in both English and French and include archival images, video clips, behind-the-scenes stories, and more to unlock the creative history of Kingston. Plus, you can take the West or Extended Tour to stop at CFRC and learn more about our station's history as the country's longest-running campus radio station and our support of the local music community. This Saturday on July 22nd, Howl Island Rock and the Rock features a full day of music from My Son the Hurricane, The Wilderness, Chris and D, Tiny Horse, Reckless and Banded, and the Bon Evans Band, as well as a special guest new band that is to be announced. Tickets are only $40 and selling fast, and this event runs the whole day with gates at 11 a.m. So for more on tickets as well as shuttle information, you can visit HowIslandRockandTheRock.com. Performers Chris and Dee stopped by in the studio at CFRC to chat about their upcoming gig, past residency at the Isabel Bader Center, and feature some news on recordings from The Pursuit of Happiness. Take a listen. I'm so excited to welcome in here to the Kingston Curator, local singer-songwriter duo Chris and Dee. Thank you both so much for being here. How are things? Great, hey, thank you. We're good. So glad to have you joining us on this arts program this time. So last time I was lucky enough to be able to chat with you on the air was for Listening Queerly back prior to your appearance at the Isabel in March. So excited to have you back, but that was obviously a really big gig, but like, what's new with Chris and Dee since then? Um, well, we're uh, starting to write some new material, so that's a that's a big thing for us. It's a bit of a process always, and uh, involves you know kind of hashing out concepts and ideas and lots of forwards backwards. So that's kind of a neat thing. And um, we've got some shows we're looking forward to. One coming up at the How Island uh, Rock in the Rock and the Rock. We will be rocking the rock on the rock. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, really excited to have you featured along with some of the other Rock and the Rock folks. We're getting really excited for that at the station. And I was also wondering, in following your social media a little while ago, I was able to see this release of Bones that you did at the Isabel Incubator, Arts Incubator program, which had these cool visual elements. I think to start us off, could you talk to us a bit more about that program and that residency? Uh, yeah, it was uh, a, a very uh, large concept that involved um, having a concept to start with, which we designed, and then collaboration with a graphic artist um, and visual artist friend of ours, Janice McLean, and then the technical team at the Isabel. So we basically conceptualized what we wanted to do. Um, 
which Dee can speak to, and, and then we, there had to be a, an element of collaboration, so we had to kind of have a concept and definitely have an idea of what we wanted to do in that short period of time, but that there would be some collaborative decisions, um, and that was a really, really cool element to all of that. Yeah, the, the song Bones is really about, uh, you know, the wisdom that resides in your in your in your body in your mind yeah. in your soul and and it's uh it's not just transgenerational cross-generational it it is you know millions of years old it's it's uh it's evolutionary uh wisdom and accessing that so that's what the song represents and the visuals and just uh doing that in the isabel and the the rock and then the projections of rock and nature and everything was just sort of like fit the presentation of the song and we had just a great time doing it and we had this uh, kind of a loose concept, but it was something to sort of thread us all together, which was because the Isabel is such a beautiful theater and, you know, it's made of wood, um, wood being a living material at one time and, you know, uh, does um, have frequencies to it and so on, um, would be that we would take a very non-traditional approach to how we would perform within the song, how we would perform with the projections and the lighting, and it would be... Um, uh, 360 so on the floor on the ceiling and that was you know a challenge for everybody because um, our visual artist Janice had beautiful beautiful images and then we had to figure out you know what images to use where to use them how to use them and then we the other thing that we did that was just kind of like little bits and pieces of things that would create a bit of challenge um, and spontaneity was we were not going to play to a click track so we were only going to play the four, song four times, in essence, anyway, um, and perform it like a live off the floor type of a performance. So what you got is what happened. There's no fancy pants stuff to it. It's very real in the moment decision making on all three parties. For sure. I find that so interesting that you do it in kind of a live context, considering the themes you were just talking about, about it being organic and it being kind of spur of the moment and the way that interacts with time. As I understand it, like time and space is a big theme to that residency. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so, so cool. I love the video and listeners, you should definitely go and check it out. I believe it's on your Instagram of the, yeah. the performance. And on our Facebook page. Um, and uh, I think we've got it up in YouTube as well. That's awesome. And especially returning to the Isabel kind of after that gig, that must have been really interesting. But you talked about the kind of collaborative process with the Isabel tech team. And how long did you have to really put together that project in the end? Well, we um, had to apply and, you know, do a proposal and outline what, what it is we thought we could do with our residency um, and given that it's an arts incubator, you know, how much growth there would be in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, lots of meetings with Janice. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of meetings with Janice. A lot, lots of, you know, hanging out, laughing, and, and then... And Auditioning. Talking philosophy yeah. and stuff, too. And, <laughs> Concepts. Uh, yeah. And, and then images. When it, and then when it came down to it, um, the planning was actually very short. We had the content, that selection that she had. We had the... Um, you know, the ideas we wanted to portray and we had the outline and the objectives and then enough space in that for it to happen in a live real time kind of. Yeah, but, it, but yeah, there was a lot of auditioning of, of images of, you know, 
no, that doesn't work. No, that's too literal. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, You know, and then timing that with the, uh, it was kind of cool because it was a lot more about the visuals than it was about the music. And, you know, with the band and uh, Chris and I, we were at the Isabel for two full nights and most of it was, you know, sitting there, like Chris said, there was four performances, run-throughs of the song and the rest of it was like just getting the projections right, which was cool. It's so cool to work with, you know, visual artists and sound engineers and, and to understand everybody's art like how do you get juxtaposition how do you get contrast you know with a word with a light like what do you talk like you know what does concept mean to you so we actually loved that experience of of just watching people do their thing Uh, whether they're technical or creative or a combination of both it was fascinating a really good example of of how it came together in the moment was um i had an idea of how we were going to start things off, which was that we would try and generate some frequencies that would sort of um, give a, a musical metaphor to uh, the the genesis of kind of the universe and just sort of like where, you know, we're bubbling up out of the rock and how that's going to happen. So we left that entirely to the performance at the Isabel only we only spoke in metaphor to each other and then it was we sat down and then we said okay this is you know what we're going to attempt to do um, and we it can't be anything longer than um, 60 seconds but it has to be fully consistent because when we do it with the projection it, you know now you're talking about an, another element um, being included and so the thing that was also part of our proposal was that the projection would be an additional band member and that that projection would have to perform with us in real time the way that a band member performs. But you have to have an understanding of elements so that you understand the music production behind like why a song works. And so there would be a metaphor in the images. And anyway, getting back to the um, live example, Aaron, um, the tech leader at the Isabel, it was his idea to take one of the projections and and the line, the scroll of the animated limestone that Janice had drawn, and that we just, they tricked the visual into looking like we're coming up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not, <laughs> that's what we want you to think you Magic. saw anyway, yeah. that we were coming up out of the ground. So it was really cool. It was really, really, really fun and creative. The final product was just so amazing. I really wanted to ask you about that going in, especially because I understand that they've reopened these applications to this program. So oh, for wonderful. anybody, yeah, anybody listening um, that might be curious to, to hear a firsthand account of how it went for you, but kind of switching gears a little bit, if you don't mind, to How Island Rock and the Rock coming up. So there are a lot of other fantastic acts on that bill with you. And I was wondering, have you collaborated with these folks uh, before or what have you seen them before? What has your experience been? We have. I think we're most familiar with Tiny Horse. Ray Corcoran has been a great friend to ours for many years. We, uh, you know, uh, we've done some uh, Ontario based tours and uh, and Ray's, uh, we played on the same bill a lot. So we're we're really looking forward to, to 
uh, seeing Tiny Horse, but you know, The Wilderness, uh, Bon Evans Band, uh, yeah. My Son the Hurricane. Like it's just the lineup is amazing. It's yeah. lights out this yeah. year. Yeah. It's a really, really fantastic, uh, fantastic lineup. And I think we're the emotional hygiene. Yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking about what are we bringing to the show? Like I, I think that you know, like I mean, we do our thing regardless what time of day or what stage we're on. We kind of have our thing that we do, but. I was thinking, how is we're on at just kind of civil twilight, and that's just perfect. We'll just bring you into the dreamy part of the night, and then by the end of our set, we'll just launch you just off on the rock pad for the rest of the for the rest of the sets. Yeah, I was gonna ask. So when you prepare for these live gigs, and then you're on the bill with somebody else, there's a lot of other. Does the way that you prep these shows change? But you said that you just kind of go with the energy that you're seeing around you, right? Like that's yeah. yeah I'm- I mean, we need to be true to ourselves um, yeah. because, you know, you can't become something else because of somebody else. You're there because you do what you do. So we're going to do what we do. And that civil twilight is kind of a really nice time to kind of start the dreamy part of the evening. But we do also have the ability to rock out. So we'll kind of, you know, transition our energy into what's coming up for after us yeah in, you know in consideration to that I guess but but still just be us yeah for sure and I think like at a festival like that like it's there's so many bands and everything it's gonna be really fun day but it's gonna be a really long day for people and having a moment to sit and I think be with their feelings I think there's a lot of value in that I think you guys are the perfect group to do it I Thank think that's you. wonderful I was also wondering um as far as the creative or writing process goes do you find that doing these gigs plays a certain role for you in getting back into the studio or songwriting or anything like that uh you know like our creative um history I guess has been uh, I think quite separate to that and we we had uh, uh, generated quite a, you know four albums worth and a handful of songs worth of material that for the last however many years we've just really gotten into just performing it because yeah. we really feel like you know like we got to catch up with this uh, <laughs> and and you know people need to catch up with that so the, the performance writing world has been separate for us but as Chris mentions we're getting back into it I think yeah. just, you know, past this COVID thing, processing some other things, uh, it's time. Yeah, it's felt like you've built up like almost like there's this this archive of songs and there's a big list to kind of choose from yeah. and go into these gigs with. That sounds just absolutely fantastic. And is there anything in particular you're looking forward to maybe as audience members or as creative collaborators at the Howe Island Rock in the Rock event? Well, we heard that the vibe of the festival is incredible. Yeah. So we heard it's, you know, what you would expect on an island music festival, that there's a sense of community, there's local arts, there's food, there's local sponsors, and there's a real sort of, um, you know, yeah, ethic of just like people getting together and having yeah. a respectfully good time. So we and our uh, experiences with the organizers have been just amazing. They're just like the kindest people. So we're just we're looking forward to a, you know, fellowship and camaraderie in music. Yeah, yeah it's that's really special. And, you know, that translates onto stage too. 
And a boat ride, a ferry ride, a ferry even ride if it's a few minutes, over... you feel like you're somewhere else. Like yes. you feel like you're on vacation, yeah. Yeah. far away from Kingston. A ferry ride to the gig? Like that's <laughs> so good. That's so what? Yeah, it's gonna be really, really fantastic. And you're absolutely right. Like it creates this kind of sense, I think, of community when you all also just have to travel together to get there. And yeah. you're you're taking that ferry over. You're coming for this night. It's just gonna be a a fantastic. And they've done time. a. Yeah. Um, they're very very consistent. You know, they've got, uh, um, when you purchase your ticket online, you can also sign up for a free shuttle. Um, Right now, I believe it's, it's, um, I mean, best to get always get your information online, but I believe that, um, you know, the shuttle leaves from the Smoke and Barrel in the West End and then also from the Memorial Centre. And the venue, the music venue is only about like, oh, 400 metres or something, just a short walk from the dock. So leave your car on the mainland. There's more parking over on the mainland than a little community island, right? So leave your car on the mainland, walk on the ferry, do the thing, walk over to the gig and and, uh, frequent ferries home. Yeah, it's wonderful, time free. Otherwise, I think you have to pay because it's it's an actual highway or something. You gotta pay yeah. like eight bucks eight if bucks. you drive over. Yeah. So yeah. way better to, to get on with. Yeah, this is gonna be absolutely fantastic. And I just had one kind of final bit of questions for you because Chris, the second group you're a part of is the Pursuit of Happiness. And through social media, I understand that the group was recently recording some acoustic songs just outside of Kingston at the hip studio, the Bathhouse. Can you tell us anything about this project or what that was like? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a uh, fantastic weekend. We all just kind of, um, we had this idea that uh, we were going to revisit some of our, um, some of our catalog and some of our hits and just go in and kind of like play live off the store, have a floor, excuse me, and have a really good time, kind of do. But when Pursuit of Happiness plays acoustic, it's like not, it's, pretty rock rock. (laughs) you know it's kind of hard not to but it was really really fun and um yeah so we're releasing um uh probably like an ep's worth of material there'll be stuff coming out on spotify and and uh and some shows to go along with it yeah really fun that's awesome and different really like really different versions of the songs too uh which was a pretty fun thing to to do to go and play a song you played like I don't know how many millions of times over the 30 years and then play it differently. Yeah, and it seems like that's really, we, we see, I think we see a lot of rise in that in recording artists right now where people will put out their bonus tracks will be like the the blank version of this song or, you know, really huge example, Taylor Swift reproducing all of her songs. But I think to kind of revisit with a completely different tone is just going to be really interesting. Now, had you had any experience because the bathhouse is it's kind of like a local legend recording studio had the two of you had an experience there before with recording oh absolutely second home yeah (laughs) um, we recorded our first album still here inside um uh, we've always kind of worked towards doing a little bit more in our and yeah at our home just because i have a, a big interest in engineering but what but we have recorded all of our albums in some way in some part at the bathhouse or related to the bathhouse and I think that the first time we did a record out there still here inside it was a very very formative experience and part of the genesis of the Chris and D sound which we think has a, a sound to it um, was because of our 
our time out there. Yeah, it's just so cool out there. I mean, you're you're around Canadian like rock history, all of the awards, very modestly done, by the way. But you know, the the cover, the painting for Fully Completely is up there. Uh, you know, Juno Award nominations and tickets and. Uh, it's just so great. And, you know, the, the hip guys coming and going, the sound people coming and going, the transport trailer yeah, of actually, equipment. Yeah. <laughs> it's first, amazing. It's like a toy store. I can't remember if it was our first record or our second record. I think it might have been our second record when we were out there and they were getting ready. The hip was getting ready for a, a really big tour, you know, the way they yeah. do. And, I mean, their version of getting ready is like big, like transports full of prep. And I remember, um, and there I go back to my early, early days in pursuit of happiness and beyond that as friends with, uh, with them. And so I'm very well aware of like their, their career and how incredible it is and has been. Um, but I remember when we were recording out there and looking out the window and it was like, oh my God, the, the lineup of guitars that were going on tour oh was, gosh it'd be fantastic was basically filled the driveway it was an entire it was like a it was insane was awesome. that yeah. would be fantastic yeah it was really fun yeah. to watch <laughs> and it's so it's just so great to hear about all of these kingston acts that are so close and supportive of each other and have all this history and interaction and that sort of thing. So I'm glad that was a good experience with the pursuit of happiness. I don't see how it couldn't have been. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure you guys just have an amazing history with that recording studio as well. Well, thank you both so much for being here. Listeners, you can catch Chris and Dee and many more fantastic acts at Howe Island Rock and the Rock on July 22nd. And tickets are only $40 and selling fast. Be sure to get them. This event runs the whole day with gates at 11 a.m. And for more on tickets, the full lineup as well as shuttle information, you can visit howislandrockandtherock.com. That's R-O-C-K-I-N, therock.com. For more on Chris and D, you can get the latest by following them at at Chris and D on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and streaming their music wherever you please. And thank you again. Thank you, you. Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> See you soon, folks. Again, that's Chris and Dee at Howe Island Rock and the Rock this Saturday, July 22nd, with my son, The Hurricane, The Wilderness, and more. Coming up next, we are so excited to feature for you today a Queens alumni and fantastic pop R&B recording artist who just released her new EP, Healthy Habits. Here's Arez Zobari chatting on the Kingston Curator, but keep it locked because we'll have your live music and an interview from Nice On coming up next. I am so thrilled to welcome in Ara Zobari, pop and R&B recording artist and Queens alum here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Welcome or perhaps welcome back to CFRC. Thank you so much for having me. Really? Such a full circle moment. Yeah, this is so exciting. When um, you came on my radar and I found out that you were alum, I was like, oh, we got to make this happen. You know, shout out to uh, Jesse, my colleague, Jesse here at the station for for uh, putting the bug in my ear about getting this going. Um, but first of all, I just wanted to congratulate you on the new EP. I took a listen and it is a lot of fun. Um, now, I'm a nerd that loves to go through album song credits and one thing that really stuck out to me is all the writing credits you have on the track on this album so I wanted to ask you what is your songwriting process like and have you always been penning your songs as you've been building your career yeah I think that it's definitely you know changed a little bit but right now I'm at a point where I want to be 
writing or on at least the writing team of every song that I put out. I think it just makes me feel more connected to the content and to what I'm singing about. So right now I actually work with another Queens alumni, um, Adam Eisen um, and David Lipson. And those are kind of my writing collaborators. So we usually kind of sit down in a room and start really just talking and having a conversation and then based on the things that are coming up for us songs kind of just come up naturally also with this last album it's been a lot of like me walking down the street um and then you know the chorus melody comes in my head and then i'm like oh i really like that and then it's kind of building outwards so a lot of the writing from my last album was very organic and kind of just came out of a place of like real inspiration i wasn't working as much as i am now and I, I find that I'm able to be a bit more creative during those moments but definitely at the at the beginning of my career there were more songs on my albums that I wasn't involved in the writing process and so it was a really big and intentional shift for me to be more of a part of the writing process. As you go through making like an EP or something, there's so many people involved in this creative process that are penning these songs with you that are having this kind of input. But when you go and then present yourself as a solo recording artist, either on the album or in a live show, does that change the way you kind of interact with the material? Mm, 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 mm. That is a good question. Well, I think that the recording part and the performance part are both very much like dependent on the band and what they all bring. Like even though it is under my name, I still really kind of see it as like a larger community and a larger band. Um, and like we use all of the same players for our recording and I also play live with most of the, the players oh, awesome. um, that are on the songs. I definitely think that the recording part is more you know relaxing in a way because yeah. like you know there's a lot of people who are kind of coming together and bringing their um their skills and, and their passions to make the songs what they are um but definitely for the performing part I think I think as a as a solo artist when it's under your name especially like your legal name there definitely <laughs> is some like there's some a bit more anxiety because it, sometimes it can feel like oh there's a lot of pressure a lot of this is riding on me and it's under like my name but I think I just try to remind myself even though it's under my name like the team behind me is like so strong and I, I wouldn't really be probably doing music if it wasn't for you know my collaborators in writing and my bandmates who just make it so fun and like effortless so I don't know if that was a good answer to the question, but that, that was a good question. I think question. it was a fantastic uh, question. Yeah, I think it was a fantastic answer to the the question. I was just, I'm always kind of curious because we do talk to a lot of bands on the station, like Kingston's a big band city. So being able to talk to yeah. someone who, even though there's so much collaboration, you know, they, there's a slight shift. There's a difference in the way that their art comes across, the way their music comes across and it happens. So I was just curious about that since I had the opportunity to talk to you. Um, and switching gears a little bit, we've talked about how you're Queens alum and how that makes it extra exciting to have you here. And I was wondering, looking back now, is there anything you can point to about your university experience that has set you up well for your music career? Yeah, I think being an artist in Kingston when I was first starting my career, because I had no, I had no expectations or goals to be a musician when I went to Queens. Like I was in concurrent education. I wanted to be a teacher. It was really only at the end of my first year that I started like 
creating albums in my residence room with people on my floor. And then in second year, when I actually started putting on my own shows, and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, and I think being in Kingston for that time, that was very, you know, like experimental. And I was really exploring my voice and getting comfortable on the stage. I think it was really helpful because Kingston is just like, I really feel like Kingston is like a hug of a city or a yeah, town. I don't know. I don't sure. know how people refer to it, but I find that it doesn't have a lot of ego like some other places. Like I'm in Toronto now and it's definitely a very different vibe. Everyone's always like grinding and you have to know people and this and that. I, I find in Kingston, like we're all kind of there in the same circumstance and the same situation as students. And you're able to take, I think, more risks without feeling like, oh, this, this could, this could really like, this could really set me up for failure. So I just think being in that space where all all of us as students were trying to figure out, you know, who we are and what we like to do and 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 what kind of makes us passionate and feel filled up. And also I think being very forgiving with ourselves and others if things didn't necessarily go our way because that was kind of just part of the journey of being a student, I think at any school. Um, I think I think that helped a lot and it helped that Kingston is an amazing music city like yeah the arts the arts i think are really like elevated and centered in the community and it's very important um to kingston and to the queen's community so i think that also was a really beautiful a beautiful place to be yeah for sure thank you so much for that insight i i never thought of it that way as sort of the the, the having the environment to take the risks when you're starting off as could be so important and i was also wondering on the kind of flip side to that question do you find that there's anything you had to graduate and set off on your own and get boots on the ground in order for you to learn Ooh, yeah i mean definitely the biggest i think the biggest jump from university to non-university life especially with the music was like kind of the expectations around finances I think that yeah. was something that I really had to I really had to you know understand that like not everyone is a student anymore and we can't kind of just like we can't volunteer our time all the time and that's okay and how do you make it work and what grants do you need to you know make sure you get to play with the people you want to play with um I think in Kingston, what was great was like, you know, my bandmates and I, it was really just me and Adam Eisen who went there and, and Nicholas Ashmore who also went there and played guitar with me. But we would, you know, just hang out for hours and then practice. And But in Toronto, like, you got to pay people. People need to be paid and we're no longer students. So people, you know, <laughs> it, there's a whole other set of like things that we have to think about. So that was definitely that was definitely something. I also think when I was in Kingston, like I wasn't really thinking about music as like my career and I wasn't really thinking about it as like an industry I was doing it because I loved it and I thought it was fun and I didn't really like going clubbing and I thought like okay I can curate my own night with all my friends at the mansion and it's actually all the people I want to be around anyways and I'm I get to curate the music I get to curate the playlist so it, I think it almost started as like nightlife in Kingston isn't working for me that well what can I what can I do about it um, and I think that definitely changes when, you know, you graduate and go to Toronto and you start being a bit more career um, mindset oriented. But I think I'm actually trying to go back to that, like, simpler time in my head. And I'm trying to approach music less from an industry business perspective because I don't want to be a business person. I want to be an artist um, and kind of just going back to those 
initial feelings and thoughts in Kingston when I was really doing things for like the love of it. Um, it felt it felt really good. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for sharing all of that. That was a really interesting answer to that question. Um, And looking back into your other inspirations and kind of roots, I see you list Stevie Wonder and Amy Winehouse, which I can absolutely hear as I go through the album. But your lyrics in the title track, Healthy Habits, talk more about things like reading. And that was one of the lyrics that stood out to me. And I was wondering, is there a non-musical source of inspiration, whether that be literary, in real life that you find yourself pulling from lately in order to create these or other songs? That is a really good question. I don't think there's like a specific book or text that has inspired. Actually, I'm reading actually more books that I think could have inspired a lot of things from the album, but I'm reading them more after. Like um, there's this book called 4,000 Weeks and it's it's a it's 4000 weeks time management for mortals and it's all about like how productivity culture is kind of like you know bs and like yeah <laughs> we need to kind of get back to our human roots so i think actually now that i put out the album and i think now that i feel like i can breathe a little bit more i'm actually leaning into these more like you know album related texts but before writing i think when i'm in the writing phase like I wasn't even reading that much because my my mind was solely focused on like, okay, I need to not like ingest things. I need to create and develop. Um, And I think the album wasn't really from anything other than conversations I was having a lot with myself and other people in my life. Um, So it was more a lot of talking and like stewing over things in my brain that inspired the album. Yeah, no, I absolutely feel that. I uh, the stewing is, I think, a really great word for it too. In my experience, like like going putting it in the pressure cooker and just letting all the kind of themes boil out of those experiences yeah. and capturing them. Yeah, I was just wondering that. That sounds really awesome. And thanks for, I guess, the the book wreck kind of in passing. Um, <laughs> so this album's out, and it seems like generally with the kind of folks you've been like opening concerts for, it's been a big couple of years for you. But is there anything? coming up next for you that you are able to talk to us about? That's a good question. This is probably the first time where I don't have any big performance plans. I've rejected a lot of really cool opportunities, but ones that weren't really meant for me, like a lot of TV show type things that I just realized were not for me. Um, The biggest thing coming up is that I'm waiting to hear back from a grant about creating um a cultural album my family's from from yemen so i i did submit a grant to write um a cultural yemenite album that would kind of infuse more yemenite language and music styles into my already like pop r&b genre so that is probably the biggest thing i found out about that in august and i'd be writing that in the fall oh that's and other fascinating than that, yeah i'm really excited <laughs> Other than that, I have a few small gigs, but I'm really trying to take some time to be creative. I think it's really easy to fill my schedule and be busy, and then I don't feel creative and inspired. So I'm really trying to make um, an effort to cut down on things to do and, and just live a little bit more. 
Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic to hear. Looking forward to hoping that comes through for you and uh, best of luck on those gigs and the creative process. Um, I was just wondering, as we send it off, where is the best place for our listeners to keep up with you? Great question. If you follow me on Instagram, you can look up Erez, E-R-E-Z, Zobari, Z-O-B-A-R-Y, music. I would say our Instagram is probably like the hub of everything. We're on TikTok too, but you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hip enough to keep up with TikTok <laughs> as much as Instagram. So I would say follow me on Instagram for any show updates, new music, anything like that will be there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, listeners. As she said, Ara Zobari's new album, Healthy Habits, is out now, and you can keep up with her at socials. Thank you so much again for stopping by for this full circle moment, and we're so glad to have had you on the show. Thank you so much. For today's live music lineup, I'll be featuring shows from fantastic local and visiting acts fast approaching the Kingston. Keep it locked because you won't want to miss these details. Folk and singer-songwriter Quebec duo The Co-Conspirators will be playing a free show at Hotel Wolf Island tonight, July 20th from 7 to 10 p.m. Head over to the island for some original music with a variety of influences and lots of vocal harmonies, and stick around for a cover or two. Tomorrow, Friday, July 21st, Big Band Fridays returns to Springer Market Square from 7 to 8 p.m. This week, the free public event brings the Frontenac Concert Band to the downtown for romantic, joyful, and jazzy songs. You can check out kingstonlive.ca for the full list of groups hitting this engagement this summer. On Saturday the 22nd, nationally renowned flamenco dancers and musicians Leah Granger and the Flamencolia Ensemble hits Hotel Wolf Island at 5 p.m. Admission is by donation and suggested $25 pay what you can. Come for a performance on the patio stage of flamenco music and dance that is alive with passion and infused with Latin, Mediterranean, and contemporary flair. Also on Saturday, July 22nd, the Marion Drexler Band will be playing a free show at the Spearhead Brewery from 2 to 5 p.m. This all-ages concert will feature singer-songwriter Marion Drexler, supported by an awesome line of musicians of different influences for a high-energy showcase of different genres. Also at Spearhead on Sunday, July 23rd, bass and key duo Low Keys will be playing on Sunday from 2 to 5 p.m. For a free energetic blues, rock and pop show, stop by on Sunday to Spearhead Brewery for some wonderful weekend live music. And last but certainly not least, Kingston Trio $5 Dates will also be playing a Spearhead show on Wednesday, July 26th from 7 to 10 p.m. This is a free gig in the Spearhead Tap Room, and they'll be performing covers from favorites like Mumford & Sons, The Lumineers, Neil Young, and more. For more on these gigs and more awesome live music hitting Kingston this week, you can always visit kingstonlive.ca. Listeners, we are here with vocalist Brittany and multi-instrumentalist Helena from Local Funk Outfit and upcoming artist in residence at the Baby Grand Theater. Nice on. Welcome to the show. Hey, Hi, thanks thank for you. having us. Really excited to be going for this interview. There seems to be a lot of really exciting stuff going on. So to get us started and kind of looking into next week, you have this upcoming residence at the Grand. It sounds like a really great opportunity to have the time and space to do some really cool creative stuff. I was wondering what are the plans you have for the time and space that you have at the baby grand 
Yeah, so we're super privileged to be able to use the Baby Grand space. We applied for the artist in residency a couple months ago, and we proposed a four-day schedule, which is going to include a lot of recording time for us. So our plan is to get in there and to individually track at least two singles. We're fingers crossed for more. Um, and then host a live stream almost every day. We're doing it three days of the week. The first one is gonna be an introduction to our process and the band and a little bit of a walk around around the space. And then the second two are going to be hosted by Jordan and Adam who do the mixing and mastering for all of our um, releases. And they're gonna walk through their studio setup and our production process and do like a little bit of a tutorial for anyone who's looking on to self-producing. Yeah, we're really excited. That's awesome. I really think that's interesting, kind of using that as a bit of an educational opportunity, too, for mm. folks to see music production behind the scenes. And now we were chatting a little bit before you said that live stream is going to be on Vimeo. Yeah, so we'll be hosting it on Vimeo. The idea is that we'll be obviously promoting it on our social media and our website. And then we'll be saving the live streams indefinitely on our website. So it'll be an ongoing video series that anyone can access after the residency is over. Oh, that is so awesome to have this also kind of time capsule of, mm. of what you're doing there, especially with the music, music production aspect. That sounds really exciting. Looking forward to seeing that from you. And I was wondering, did you apply to the program with this idea or did the, did the project shape up in the interim kind of since applying? Yeah, so we had to apply with our concept for the plan of what we were going to record. Um, we did start with track A and B because the songs were not written. <laughs> so they really have come together in the last couple of weeks. And we just finished one of our most recent singles last night. So <laughs> it's our, our process is a little bit... Um, make the plan and follow through with it Fulfill later, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure but the planning aspect and we are going to be featuring that single i should add at the end of this interview which is so exciting i'm really excited to be able to share that with the listeners here on the curator um but as in talking about having the plan like you folks are a big band like as as in terms of members like you you have so many folks having that plan and kind of executing it how have you find like since you've grown and added more people that that has like changed or what is your process like generally that's a great question um well i should start by saying that this band was uh jordan bullhose's brainchild and he's the reason that we're all together the way that we are now um, so all props to him. And uh, yeah, we started kind of slowly adding members um, that had sort of a similar interest in the sort of like pop, poppy, funky um, veins, uh, genres. And um, everybody brings something new. I think Helena said earlier that like everybody's just so... Um, like intellectually competent in in sort of music and and our our instruments and we're all multi instrument uh performers and um so yeah we all have a pretty good understanding of like uh how things will translate um but yeah we're also different too so we we sort of have these similarities and these really important differences that i think 
make us unique or hopefully make us yeah. unique. Yeah. Well, we were even talking about that because funk, like Kingston has a pretty cool funk scene, the folks that are doing it. But to have a band kind of of your size come out and make these living tracks, you have multi-instrumentalist members. I think that's just a a, a lot of fun to to have yeah. you guys locally. And it's a great, it's a great, the, the album that you put out in April is a great release. And so I wanted to ask you kind of about putting out this album this past spring but also getting together in 2021 during what was essentially like an industry shutdown can you talk to us a little bit about what that road has been kind of being abandoned your infancy at this really strange time for the scene yeah so we are very nostalgic for our lockdown roots (laughs) we really did form um during a time when it was on and off possible for us to even gather together or rehearse together and we are oddly proud of the fact that our one of our first gigs um, was actually right before the very last lockdown that ever occurred so it was still um, I think it was even still masked like I think the space was actually yeah. still masked yeah. which we are obviously very like supportive of um, but it was just a strange time in history for us to be gathering and performing and still trying to attempt to record and attempt to create together um, as an up-and-coming band. And since then, it's been a complete 180. We're now playing festivals for the rest of the summer. We're at Back to the Farm in August, on August 20th, and we're starting to do some out-of-town shows and planning tours for next year. And it's just been a really exciting arc to go from being legally prevented (laughs) from seeing each other to being able to get together and have a packed room dancing together (laughs) yeah beautiful that's so much fun yeah to be to be able to kind of I think we were talking about before road test your stuff like do you Mm -hmm. find that live performance really informs you creatively as a group yeah big time yeah um we were talking earlier about actually uh like sort of certain bits that we do on stage (laughs) like we you know we're we really try to make um our live performances fun uh and interesting for ourselves and our audience and um we've been really lucky to have like just really nice feedback um really great energy that that people like bring to our shows so um, we definitely feed on that, and um, yeah, we always have a, a really good time. So that's so fun, and great to hear what's coming up next um, for you folks and those those festival performances that you have coming up. And speaking of things that we're looking forward to, we're about to premiere this new single from you guys, Island Parade, which I believe when we were talking, you said this is probably going to be an official drop sometime in August. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. It's going to be our summer release and then followed by the the two singles that we record at the grand but it's really captures like the energy of a kingston summer we hope it's about beach and friends and i think we described it as island core island core baby island core that is so wonderful (laughs) how long wolf island core (laughs) (laughs) wolf brackets wolf island core i love that so much um yeah so in how long has this particular song um been in the making how has that creative process uh been for you Ooh. um so actually tyson sullivan um our vocalist and guitar player in the band he created this song years ago um and so yeah i mean sometimes when we write music we 
we write together and just come up with new fresh ideas but um, every once in a while a member of the band will have sort of something that they've been sitting on for a while and um, so yeah this was this was that case and um, so the, the song was was pretty much done like we we all put in our own spin on our own instruments with it but and we and I actually ended up changing the the chorus lyrics a little bit and doing something a bit different with the vocals there but um, yeah so I think it's existed for a while so we're really happy that it's um, it's gonna come out very soon if you're listening to this today on Thursday July 20th um, we'll be at the toucan tonight um, we love we love the toucan. It's so sticky, and <laughs> we're very attached to it. Um, so we'll be at the toucan tonight. We, 10.30. 10, 10.30 to 2 a.m. Um, and then we're heading out to Huntsville this weekend for Nuit Blanche, a little festival out in Huntsville, if anyone is from the Huntsville area and wants to join us. And then in terms of the summer, we'll be in Gananoque in August, and we'll be at the Thousand Islands R&B Festival on August 4th, and the Gananoque Royal Theater on August 1st, and then back to the farm August 20th. Probably a bunch more because we have a hard time saying no to gigs. Um, so you can follow us at NiceOnTheBand on Instagram and NiceOnTheBand.com for our website. And we'll probably be updating more as we go. Awesome. Sounds like there's going to be so many great opportunities for folks to come out and see you. So again, that was nice on the band for your socials and for your website. That is great to know. So listeners, we are just about to sign off here on the interview, but be sure to keep it locked because we have the premiere of Nissan's new single, Island Parade, coming up next here on the Kingston Curator on 101.9 FM CFRC. Again, Nice On will be in residence at the Baby Grand from July 25th to 28th, and you can keep up with them on their website and socials for live streams, singles, and more. And thank you again so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you.
That does it for us this week on the Kingston Curator, but remember that you can check out this and all past episodes on our CFRC podcast feed. Next week, our show will continue to air at this special time slot, Thursdays at 3 p.m., making way on Friday afternoon for our CFRC shortwave radio theater camp chats and tunes. That was the Kingston Curator, and this is Lauren Tucker signing off on 101.9 FM CFRC. Have a fantastic weekend.